Hi everyone and welcome to First Rank Fire. This is a podcast that gives me the chance to chat with some of the coolest people from around the 40k community. I'm your host Ben and in today's episode I'm finally going to be completing my collection of the Conclave hosts. He's one of the champions of the latest Warhammer pub quiz and probably has the most dedication I've ever seen in repainting probably one of the biggest Space Marine armies out there. Genuinely a really good player in person. Welcome to the show Rich aka Reza Prime. Thank you, Ben. That's very nice of you. That's the best intro I've ever had. I tried to start on a bit of a positive, so it's uh, you can go down from there. So you like me at the start, and by the end you hate me. So that's that's the best (laughs) way. Hi, you's my hype man. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. I'm 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 good with that. Keep me in the job. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's uh, it is nice to finally complete the collection. I don't know if I've saved the best till last. Oh, I, I wouldn't be so uh, bold to state that, but um, yeah, let's go for that. <laughs> <laughs> I started with Quipster, so it can only get better from there, right? To be fair, that's very true. And Ed and Adam are very stiff competition, to be fair. You probably chose, uh, well, those three know literally everything to know about 40k, and I'm just here for the laugh, so. <laughs> perfect. That's up, that's yeah. me as well, so that's that's perfect. Yeah, good combination. Yeah, wicked. Right, I'll get cracks on with the, the questions. So, probably out of everyone, on the Conclave, and probably one out of most of the people that I've had on the podcast, you kind of got into Warhammer relatively late in life. What got you into it? So, I, I mean, I've always appreciated kind of Warhammer from a distance. There used to be a shop uh, in my kind of local, like, big town centre in Harrow, and I'd always walk past and, like, look at how cool the models were, but never really got into it. My first real um, kind of properly understanding what it was was playing Dawn of War. I'm a massive video gamer. Yeah, yeah, I love okay. playing video games. And um, whenever Dawn of War came out, we'd go to like an internet cafe and play after school. Nice. But I kind of got into it a bit there and played all the expansions. And that was kind of like as far as it went. And then later in life, um, I mean, I read a couple of books, played the first Space Marine in between, yeah. but like never really got into it. And then later in life, um, I had some health problems with my chronic illness. Which mm. I think will come on to a bit later, maybe. But yeah. my my doctor suggested that painting was a good way to like alleviate stress, mm, and stress okay. is like a key trigger for chronic illnesses. And I'm not a person that could sit there and paint you an ad, you know, like <laughs> of a lake or something. <laughs> so um, randomly, a YouTube video came up of uh, Warhammer, and I think it was like a Primaris marine. And I was okay. like, oh my god, I remember that, I remember that. So I went to like a shop, bought a, I think I bought a dreadnought straight away, just went in wow. deep with a dreadnought, and yeah, then painted nice. a. Painted a Redemptor, watched a couple of YouTube videos of like how to kind of do it, and then um, enjoyed it. Thought I'd use it as, like a desk decoration for my, my gaming kind of <laughs> setup. Yeah. And then it kind of spiraled out of control, and now I'm here with um, far too many Space Marines and far too many Warhammer models overall. But that's like a whistle stop tour, but yeah. And then I kind of met all these amazing people from it. So, yeah, it's, it's mad given that. Because you only started playing, what, a few years, a few years ago now? Or maybe even slightly longer than that. I want to say 2020. So yeah, a few, a few it years was ago. Right, I feel like before the big C. Nice, yeah. Oh, I can't remember now. It's really difficult. I, well, probably my Instagram will tell me when I first. Not <laughs> long before I first did it, because um, when I met uh, Quickstar, he was like, "You need to make a hobby Instagram." So uh, yeah, of course, yeah. You, that's... Listen, you listen to the king of Instagram, and yeah. you make one. But yeah, so it was like I, I think 2020, uh, and then you just kind of spiral out of control. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Okay, I've got models on either twenty nineteen to twenty nineteen. Okay, so like four years then. So that's yeah, but that's flown by. Yeah, that's probably slightly after 
I started playing 40k. I played fantasy back when I was a kid, and that's kind of how I got into it. Is it it's it's so interesting. Like, I feel like Adam, Adam did that, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's interesting to see, see a story from someone who got into 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 it and as a as an older person. Because yeah, every, every most people talk to you, it's like oh, I got into Lord of the Rings as a kid, I got into fantasy or forty k as a kid, and it kind of most people either carried on playing through or took a bit of a gap and then came back. Yeah, to but yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting no, to I, find I, someone who's come into it as late as you. Yeah, I came like so it was eighth edition, which I think was a good edition to get into the the, yeah. the, the hobby. Because apparently seventh was quite bad. That's um, I heard. Like so Josh and Adam and Ed and everyone. But yeah, I, I mean, I got into Ultramarines just because it was like you walk into a shop and they throw <laughs> blue stuff yeah. in your face, and you're like, I didn't, I didn't even know Primaris were a thing. I just thought they just made the space moves bigger. Yeah, they're just space moves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had to learn a lot quickly, and that's why like meeting people like Alex, Ed, Adam, and, and Josh are so great because they live and breathe the stuff. Yeah. Whereas, you know, I, I. Um, it was a hobby I kind of picked up later, so it, I wouldn't even necessarily say it's my biggest hobby or my biggest passion. Okay. So it was, it's, it's filled a void I needed, but <laughs> for sure though. Yeah. Because you, I mean, you met, who did you meet first? Was it, was it Alex that you met first or was it some of the others? Because you, you were part of the Bermondsey group, right? Yeah. So I met, uh, Quipster first or Alex first. So, um, I watched him. Or, so once I got all these models, I was like, I probably should learn how to play. I just <laughs> yeah. YouTubed like uh, how to play Warhammer, and then I found I think it was either I found Liam, first, Liam Dempsey first, or mm-hmm. I found Winters. But I quickly fell in love with Liam because one of his YouTube videos had him wearing a Lions rugby top, and I I love rugby, uh, I played rugby my whole life. And uh, as soon as I saw that, I was like, I just love him. So and then Quipster was on the in the background with him, yeah, and he spoke about having a chronic illness. So nice, uh, like a really okay. nice, soppy message about, oh, I kind of get where you're coming from. It's nice to see someone at the hobby with a problem and you know, similar problems and, you know, how you're dealing with it. And then we kind of just messaged on like a Discord that I was going to a tournament in London and then he happened to be there and then we kind of met in person. But like my third ever game of Warhammer was at this tournament. Uh, wow. So I kind of went in, um, <laughs> yeah. Deep, but, deep and quick. Deep, yeah, really quick. Well, I'm quite a competitive person. So like learning by playing is probably the best way for me. I think yeah. I actually finished that tournament like three and two. So God knows. That's, I mean, oh, space yeah, my space were very good. Yeah, that's true. I got carried by the army. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, I met Alex, and then that's why I met Ed, Adam, and then um, Josh. I met last, and then okay. I met all the other guys in that group as well. Yeah. And then everyone else that's <laughs> out there in the world now. <laughs> Contact yeah. breakers coming out of everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's quite a neat. Like a tight little group that sort of formed around Alex, um, Alex. well, yeah, and Alex because Alex is the prior of socialism. But in um, <laughs> around like Easy TV and around like Winters and, and Liam, there seems to be quite that group that came around that community. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're just a lovely bunch, right? So yeah, uh, and that's that's like the, the selling point of the hobby is probably the community people. So um, it's a very special. You say that's like your favorite part of the hobby, or like, is it like painting, playing, or is it the social side? Definitely the social side. I don't get to play as much as I like because the local place to play is not close to me. So it's a mm. badminton cafe, which is like yeah. an hour and a half, probably journey, an hour fifteen minute journey. Right. By the time you got there, played, which is two and a half hours, got back, it's pretty much like the day. Yeah. So definitely the social aspect, like meeting people like Adam, Josh, Ed and Alex, like they've been like such good friendships that have you know really blossomed and. Turned into Conclave and then turned into helping Josh on his YouTube channel. 
Uh, and meeting all the amazing people I've met in tournaments and stuff, it's such a good laugh. Yeah. And um, even though 40k people think it's like, you know, the, the classic nerd type of people with no social <laughs> skills, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's more social than any video game you're ever going to play. So, um, yeah. I don't agree with that one bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And look, the, the Conclave, this is kind of a good one now, because I, I hadn't realised until I kind of started to look into to you guys, because I, I listened to the Conclave for quite a while. So I'd sort of look into you guys in terms of like doing the, the interviews and stuff like that. I thought like listening to it, you guys have been friends forever. Like you'd met as like kids and stuff like that. And it was only when I started to talk to you guys, I was like, wow, that's actually it's a really short period of time to have such a strong like relationship. Yeah, no, hundred percent. It's um interesting how it well it well I, I you know actually thinking about it, it kind of makes a lot of sense. But like so, COVID happened and. We would go on house party. Remember when house party was a massive yeah. thing during COVID? And it turned out the G app was like as dodgy as <laughs> everybody was like hacking your data from it. It was like crazy. Yeah. But uh, we would go on house party and basically just hobby together. Uh, and it became like really social. And people would be dropping in and out throughout the part of the day and whatever. Because mm-hmm. there was, you know, people were working from home or not working at all. Um, I was working in, uh, I had to keep tr- going into work because I was one of the critical, whatever they were called. Key workers. Key workers, yeah. that's it, yeah. But um, I'll come home and someone, there'll always be someone in a house party. So <laughs> we kind of were talking absolute nonsense as we do, which is pretty much what the <laughs> podcast is based on. Yeah. And then some, someone went, we should probably just record this and put it as a podcast. Yeah. And then that's kind of how it formed. I can't remember, well, I can't remember who said it. It's probably, I think it was Adam Wayne. Adam, Adam claims it, I think. I get Adam claims it. I won't, yeah. I won't put it on my hat in the room. <laughs> they, they, they said, that, I think the selling point for me was one of them went, Richard's funny, we should add him on. And I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Why with me? <laughs> uh, and then we played a lot of Call of Duty during COVID as well, which has kind of made us get like a lot closer. And then, yeah, yeah it also kind of feels like we've just been friends for a long time. Particularly, I've, I've got, like, Josh is not someone I get to see a lot as much as other guys. Okay. He lives, I see he lives up north, but he lives in Cheltenham. But, like, yeah, but I bought like a really like close friendship with him, with, well, him and Adam. That's why we're all got like, um, 10 of 10 million war hipsters together. But, yeah, it's just, it's just you know, the, that's what the hobby's for. Social, yeah. you can meet people and make great friends. Yeah, nice. Okay, so this is probably going to be a bit of a moot question. You've got well over 10,000 points of specialness at this point, but what would you consider your favourite army to be? You know, it's interesting because I've been thinking about that. So, my fate, I'm, I'm probably going to put this in the category. My favourite to play, I probably would say the most fun I've had is playing the Grey Knights. Okay. Because you're active in like every phase of the game. Yeah. Uh, um, but with temp would be interesting because they're psychic phase. Oh, yeah. Second phase, psychic phase, yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think I've had the most fun playing Grey Knights. The most fun I've had, like, building, painting, and playing is probably, well, building, painting, and everything is probably the space marine since, like, there's so many mm. of them. Uh, and I just love, like, the, the models, particularly, like, those artists go from the Conclave, which I'm yeah. obsessed with them. <laughs> which I am obsessed with them. Uh, Comics with Stone God. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I say Grey Knights to play. Build and paint the space marines. Although saying that, painting, I probably say it's like the you know, some of the agencies my models, like the dragons and stuff. Okay, yeah. Their models are out of this world, so um, I've given a really bad answer there. But uh, let's, let's just go Grey Knights. Grey Knights is probably my favorite army to play and paint. or go with the space marines. Okay. So you, you your space marines, you repainted them, I believe. You said they were they were ultramarines and they've gone for so, a Yeah, so I I had a little ultramarine army which I built about two thousand five hundred points of. And then, um, I, this is Josh swaying me. 
I spoke to Josh, he kind of told me all about the Blood Angels, like Sanguinius, Dante, the Fiston, and how they, um, kind of, you know, the Red First, the Black Rain, yeah. and, like, like their law, and how they're, like, they're, you know, they're really honourable, but have, like, a dark side. Just, I really enjoyed the story. Uh, read a few books, and then I was hooked. Blood Angels, okay. my favourite chapter. So then I went, and I stopped, I kept my Ultramarines, because they're, like, you know, they're the ones I started with and the OGs. Uh yeah the OGs and I just went and built every combat space marine possible in my own <laughs> space marine chapter. So I didn't repaint I think the only thing I repainted was some eradicators to have a competitive okay. sweat army. Yeah. Like the eradicators are brilliant. But now I'm repainting my my blood angel well my blood angel successors as the Atlantic Spears. So I am repainting uh, nice. my whole blood angel. And that's like ten thousand points to space marine which I'm slowly getting through. That's so, mad. It will take yeah. a while. Yeah, well, I've done something fairly similar. I had a, a, I started off with Blood Angels. Yeah. That was the very first time that I played. And I just, I, yeah, I, I love the lore around Blood Angels, but I just couldn't get into them that much. So I got rid of those. And then I got like a pure Primaris, like a Dark Angel successor. And at the start of, was that at the start of COVID, I think I was like, I'm gonna, gonna fall into Dark Angels properly. So since then, I've kind of been stripping down, repainting into, to true Dark Angels. So, yeah, I know the pain of, of repainting, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, the lion model's gorgeous. Oh, it's stunning, isn't it? Yeah. Did you get hold of one? No, I didn't. Not oh, a chance. No. Yeah, not no, a chance. Yeah. I, I just want to paint it. Yeah, I love big models. I love big yeah. I've got, like, uh, Mortarion, Magnus, the Keeper of Secrets. I collect Chaos Knights as well. I love, like, the big, beefy models. I've got a Gulliman to paint up. But, yeah, I think the lion, when, when he comes out, I'm definitely going to get him. Yeah, such a, I've got, such an awesome I've got an icon to paint, which yeah, that's a really yeah. lovely model as well. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I've got too many armies. I've got you know Space Marines, which is basically three chapters at the moment. <laughs> uh, I've got Grey Knights, which is which is kind of another chapter. Yeah. Got I have a Necron army, but I want to get rid of it. I've got okay. a Farsight army. Okay. And Ashtar, I feel like I forget. <laughs> oh, that's I've got Waldy as well. That all start. Waldy is. And then it's the same my AOS stuff and some other stuff. So I just like painting different things every sort of palette cleanser. So oh, I can yeah, kind okay. of get your you know, painting the big model pieces. So nice to have good practice. Yeah, yeah. Like painting big models is just it's fun. I, I I do them almost as my palette cleanser. I paint loads of loads of dark angels. I've done loads of deathwing recently. I've got tons of intercessors to paint. I think I've got like forty intercessors to repaint. They're at least green now. But yeah. It's, <laughs> Yeah, every now and again I'll break out a big one just because I can focus on doing it. I like paint all the cables on my Chaos Knights and I regret it massively, but I've started doing it now, so I need to carry on. Yeah, yeah, I get you. I think it's, it can get kind of like as much as I love Blade Guards, my favorite models, I was, I was repainting the other day. I painted three and I was like, oh, I can't do more. <laughs> it's just so much detail, so little things to yeah. cover. And I'm like, I need a break. So I started painting the local dawn. <laughs> right, then, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then once I finish that, I'll go back to the play guard, hopefully. Yeah. Nice. How many play guard have you got? 15 at the moment. I need to get 15. three more. Four. I've only got three. I've only got three. I absolutely love them and they're incredible models, but yeah, I've only ever got three. You need to commit. <laughs> I, need, I need more. Yeah. Especially because the new, um, the Leviathan box is all about the first company, isn't it? So they fit that theme really well. Yeah, I'm definitely picking that up. Get those, get those new Terminators in, and then yeah, more Blade Guard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You spoke a little bit about AOS there, and you've only just started that recently, haven't you? 
Yeah, so, so I haven't played a game yet, but I've done, um, I've picked up some of the models, so I'm doing some Stormcast, uh, so I've got um, Painted Crondus, and then I've got, I've got so bad name the models, but they're just beautiful models, <laughs> that's kind of pretty much where the, the hook is, because Josh, uh, so Warhips is a massive fan of AOS, yeah. and he's like literally obsessed with it, and he has a very good knack of, like most Warhammer people, to uh, get you hooked into stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I've slowly built up an AOS ar- um, army, and then one day I'll be able to play Josh at a game. I'm really trying to resist the urge of the Seraphon, because again, those dinosaurs oh. are such beautiful models. Those new models, yeah. yeah. They're stunning. Yeah. But and Lord, Lord, Lord Croak. Classic. Yes, oh, yeah. Lord Croak, or just any of the, like, I saw at War, Warhammer Fest, I saw the new um, bigger Smaller T Rexes on, you know, oh, I'm so bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking Not about. Not Saurus Warriors, the one up from it. Is there Crocodores? Crocodores, Crocodores. I yeah. should know this, I play, I play Total War. But yeah, they saw some of those models and they're beautiful. So I'm just resisting the urge to throw more money because, I mean, I've got dragons already and a, a dragon's just a dinosaur with wings, right? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is, yeah. I've not gone into AOS yet, and I'm, I've been very tempted to. I've got nobody to play in AOS, and that's that's what's keeping me off it at the moment. Is the fact that I've got nobody to play. But yeah, I I was looking at the um, oh god, what are the high elves called now? Uh, Whatever oh they're called. Luminef. Yeah, the Luminef Realm Lords. Yes. Yeah. Josh would be so proud. <laughs> Yeah, that was really good. Yeah, I love those models. They've got one them. that has like is riding a cloud. Yeah, it's like it reminds me of like uh, um, like Goku and Gohard riding yes. the cloud. Yeah, I want to yeah, get that yeah. one just to do that. But uh, yeah, yeah, they've got some. Yeah. They've got the the armor that has nothing in it. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, oh, that was that's a mind bending one right there. Um, and they've got all the um, that kangaroo riding things. Have they? There's these elves riding like kangaroo looking looking like models. It's it's, it's oh, nice. pretty awesome, yeah. Yeah, I I've always just thought probably elves. I love the look of the um oh my god, I can't remember any names today. The uh, the aquatic ones. Oh you're uh, people so are shouting at us now, aren't they? I know. Uh, so there's one with the big sea turtles. Yeah, yeah. That's oh. so bad. I should have thought about it. I was looking. I was. I like those, and um, yeah, I was kind of looking at them again, going like, oh, I could start a, I could start an AOS on if somebody got into it with me. And I was oh, like, I, I, Ivan, I didn't. I didn't deep game. Yeah. I didn't it even have to look it up. I was like, yeah. clicked on the games website, and I was like, oh, I know this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then I was looking back, and I looked like the Techless model for the Luneth and the uh, the big cow mountain things. I was like, they're just such yeah, cool they're, models. They're really cool. Yeah, maybe one day. I mean, maybe you can do your your AOS as part of the the next a tale of many war hipsters. Yes, yeah, that's not a bad shout. I need to I need a, some sort of project to kind of rekindle some painting enthusiasm. So it's not a bad idea <laughs> when when we do it. I don't I don't know when we will, but yeah. Josh, you said that's coming when I spoke to him. He said that was coming back, and I know that I spoke to Adam, and he was like, "Yeah, he's up for." Are you, are you going back to do it as well? Yes, yes, for sure. It's such a good laugh. Um, and seeing everybody else's hobby really just is, uh, well, one, it's like such a privilege and a treat to be able to talk about it. But mm. it's such a, it, it kind of motivates you to be able to do some hobby as well, if it's big or small. Uh, and and, you, and the, the, a good thing for me was one, seeing how everybody else improved their painting as it went along. Mm. Not because people like Meg who just cheat, they're just out of the <laughs> painting anyway, like it's beyond uh, incredible. And Josh, 
and he's painting yeah. that he's submitting his. I'm like, Josh, five out of ten. <laughs> can't make his head too big. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like me and Adam, in particular or Adam and I, we could see our like our first one we submitted to the later one what we were submitting, and we see the improvement and how we paint. So it's good for like tracking that as well. Yeah. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it coming back. Again, that's like part of the community aspect, isn't it? So yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I said to Adam that I would maybe do my very tan. I got some very tan as like a new New Year new army thing, and I've barely painted them. So at the minute, they're still in contention for for that. Should I not paint them up before then? Yeah, I've got a little very tan box as well. I want to try it. That combat patrol box is really good. Yeah, yeah. It is. I managed to get my hands on one of the um, starter boxes that I got into them like after the after the big nerf. So I managed to get my hands on one of the, the starter boxes. And yeah, yeah, a lot of so people are selling cool. them, weren't they? Yeah, a lot of people are selling them now. Now that tenth is coming up, loads of people are selling them again because they're sort of seeing the rules and they've got a bit crazy. Even though they've only seen like three rules, they're just yeah, selling them left, right, centre. You're gonna make them rag. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, you don't know all the rules yet, and rules are meant to be able to have counterplay. So are people getting sick and tired of like, oh, they, what, what's the Necron rule? Like, oh, if you shoot my unit dead, they don't get to do the resurrection. But I'm yeah. like, if they're all shooting at that one unit, you have the rest of your army. So, yeah. you know, that that's that's a good thing, though? They're, they're shooting all of their stuff at that cheapest points <laughs> unit yeah, you in your arm. Space yeah. Space Ring get four re-rolls, and, uh, three, four re-rolls, so just bait it out. Yeah. They choose the right units. You know, it's... It, it, uh, I mean, I've played competitive video games my whole life. Hmm. If you have games where you just have the strongest thing and they win, it's boring and people moan about it. But as soon as you nerf someone's thing, they moan about it. So yeah. everybody's moaning for everything. But the best games always have everything has counterplay. And this is, looks like to me they're really trying hard to make people strong rules able to be able to, to have like some sort of way of you know maneuvering against it. And it's, yeah. I think they've learned a lot, so I'm really looking forward to them. Yeah, me too. It's a strange one. I'm in quite a few different groups on Facebook for different armies, and every single every single community has moaned about their rules, which for me tells me that all the rules are vaguely equal. Because if everybody's <laughs> yeah, happy, then everybody's happy. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. Even like, so I, I, my Farsight army, when I saw the tower rules, I was like, this don't fit. But then again, I was like, it, I can still hit on three. Which is better than what I could do now, anyway. Yeah. You've just got to play smart and play around what you, what you, what you, what your rules are. And again, these are probably like index rules. These aren't what's yeah. going to happen with the codex when you're going to get more stuff. So be a bit patient. At least they learned and didn't do what they did last time, which is release two codexes, wait ages. Mm. They've done indexes for everyone and a couple codexes, which will come eventually. So there's at least a much more similar playing field. I mean, it's what they did with 8th. I remember, because I started collecting literally just before 8th came out, and when 8th happened, obviously they scrapped everything that was in 7th, they brought out all the indexes and everything like that, and everyone was sort of still talking about 8th being this really, really good addition that sort of reset the clock, it made it a lot easier to play, it made it more accessible. It's perhaps come a little, become a little bit bloated going into 9th and stuff like that, but... So there is, everyone was moaning about the amount of stratagems, how the game's played, the meta chasing, everything like that. So yeah, GW have listened and they've reset the clock. For me, it feels like a good thing to do that. But... Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, they're, they're, for, for me, the, the biggest fix, that, uh, it's, it's easy to criticise GW. They do plenty of stuff questionable. Yeah. And I sometimes feel like we have a responsibility as, con- not content creators, but as, as just hobbyists 
in general to try and be a bit more positive about them. But they, the one thing you can be positive about is they're definitely trying to learn and implement yeah. things. They're not like burying their head in the sand and making the same mistakes over and over again. Uh, well, they might do, but they're trying to learn. To for me, it does feel that way. It does look that way. When you look at the, the way that they did the balanced data sheets, I know a lot of people complain about them, but I th- I saw it as a, as them trying to address issues with their rules, the fact that they recognised the fact that the rules weren't wrong, people were going through competitive loopholes, and they were trying to address that and keep the game as balanced as possible. So I thought it was a really positive move. Yeah. And it's like video game packing, right? So Exactly, yeah. But it's, 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 it's a tabletop game. It, it's so much harder to have a live updating system uh, and the rules the way they're written they're not like you know this gun does this it's more complex yeah and people will try and bust it so yeah it's like com- combination play isn't it? It, it even when you look at video games it's really difficult i remember i used to play dota like, i used to play that game a lot and i remember god this is quite a while ago now but it was pudge oh i can't remember what it was it was one of the characters you used to be able to send them back to their home fountain and Pudge used to be able to throw out a hook. They'd put that on the Pudge and the Pudge would literally hook them all the way back to their home fountain and they'd get killed that way. And there was one team who was really, really good at it competitively. But they they, they eventually nerfed it, but it was, it was hard. When, when you start to get that combination of rules that makes yeah. it good, you're kind of like, well, well done for finding that combination of rules or, or being able to play it out well that it's a thing. Because it took them ages to nerf that out of Dota just because... It took some incredible skill to get the timing of it right for that pudge hook to land and stuff yeah. like that. It took incredible skill. And so for a little while, they were like, well, just leave it in because there's like three people in the competitive scene that can do it because they're incredible players. Well, it's definitely a skill in being able to be the person who finds that that winning combination. But you see it in all walks of life, right? You've got mm. video games, Formula 1. Look at Red Bull this season. I like yeah. But like, uh, you yeah. know, they, they, they found their winning combination. And then eventually they'll change the regulations to the one to make everybody else compete. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a bit of an extreme example compared to Warhammer, but it's, you know, there's definitely a skill to it. I don't know what my point was. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it definitely is. Yeah, you see across all sport that they tend to, especially stuff like that, they do tend to change the rules relatively often. Formula One's actually a really great example because they yeah. really regularly change their rules to try and eat, like, balance it. Because, yeah, otherwise you just see one team win it year after year after year, which. Guess we're boring when it's Red Bull just win. <laughs> yeah, they'll win this year, and then Mercedes will take over. Or I remember when Braun came through. Yeah, yeah, it was just like it was like incredible because that the was double diffuser. I think that was. Yeah, that was just like a magic year where everyone was like, "Oh, he's created a new team," and then he just came out and absolutely hammered it. And that was um, was it Button that won it that year? Yeah, yeah. So the first half of the season, because I think they had the double diffuser, they got like a massive lead and such a big performance advantage, and then slowly. The other cars kind of figured out what they're doing and caught up. Yeah. And then, like, uh, Braun were, like, hanging on to their lead and managed to secure it <laughs> later on. Because I think they won, like, the first six or seven races. And then they didn't win one for a while. Mm. I remember that. That was probably when I first really got into Formula One. Uh, yeah. It was around that time. Sorry, I could talk about everything. <laughs> yeah, we got... this. These are some cool tangents away from Warhammer. But it's yeah. the example of, like, the adapting rules and, and trying to keep things com- competitive is trying to keep those people in the game because yeah otherwise you get like iron hands that time where they were just incredibly dominant you go to a tournament and everyone was just running iron hands and you're like great cool i'm gonna run yeah. the army that i love but i just know that i'm gonna get hammered into the ground by iron hands yay yeah it's um it's frustrating so it, you, you know it's one like the 
what what codex came out and was ner- well, Votan, you said earlier, Nerf before it's even released, which is a, uh, a I mean a negative and a, and a positive at the same time, right? Like one, they wrote the rules are probably to fight against the codex that were the wrong codex, right? They've been yeah. so behind the release schedule, they probably made it against a codex that came out way earlier than the other ones, so they were like strengthening it against the wrong things. Yeah. And then, um, but then the positive was they realised that the rules were broken and made them uh, an amendment straight away. It's just a problem with having everything like manual, not having everything digital. Yeah. Then people kind of you know, end up losing out on their money and stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But they're learning. Yeah, they seem to be like moving the core rules online. Feels like a really strong move, or yeah. like making them so they're free feels feels good. Yeah, it should get people into the hobby as well because I mean. Warhammer's expensive enough as it is to pay for the rules as well. It feels like it's a good way to give people an entry point. Hmm. Yeah, because they did it with Sigma, didn't they? And that seems to have that seemed to take off when they when they moved over to Sigma. I know it took yeah, a little I think bit. Sigma, the app's free as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I didn't it's, realize it's, that at any point. Yeah, it's a, it's a really for me. It was really positive. It seems like a really good step forward. To say actually, yeah, here are the core core rules, and yeah, hopefully they'll take that forward. Has anything really excited you from the ten previews? Models or rules-wise? Because models, okay, yeah. Go, yeah, mod- models, I think, like the Screamer Killer and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, I don't the think new there Termin- was a bad model. Yeah, yeah, all, all the new models look incredible. Like the new Terminators, I'm, I'm really, really on board with. Obviously, there's the new rules-wise, it's a little bit more difficult. I, I think they are tempering it a little bit and they're trying to pull some things back and pull some things forward. There's nothing, there's nothing rules-wise that's really made me go, oh, yeah, I really want to go with this. I, I do like the fact that they are trying to simplify a little bit and reduce the, the sort of burden of having the same rule called 40 different things across the different codecs. I think that's a really, really cool thing. Yeah, models-wise, I'm just... It's hard not to get excited for me. I'm not a Tyranny player and I don't think I ever will be, but I think those new Tyrannies are absolutely stunning. I think they're so so good, and there's they're they're needed. I think Tyrion had needed yeah. a really good update for quite a while. Yeah, some of the models are quite old, aren't they? Mm. Uh, and a lot of armies have had updates recently. So like the Guard have had quite some yeah. new models. Wild Deep have had some new models. So some of the older stuff is getting. Yeah, it's good. Like, even so I've never really been a fan of Tyranids. There are too many models. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit too you know buggy. But that Screaming Killer, I was like, I think even I will keep. I'll paint up the, that half of the. The Viathan box. That looks, yeah. that looks really cool. And I, I, I actually like some of the, the rules are really um, thematic. Like they, they make sense yeah. to to the, 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 the fluff, right? So I'm really enjoying that aspect. Like they're not just going, everybody have the same thing. They're trying to make yeah. the rules stand out from what they are. So guard keeping their orders. You've got um, like the towel, like, you know, they'll obliterate something. Space Marine, putting yeah. on freeze. Because yeah. of heat, when you've got like Votan, which it's, I, I, I don't know, a lot of might make a lot of people upset, but they're not Space Marines, so should they be hitting on freeze as well? You know, I, I get what they're trying to do, so it'd be interesting to see when everything comes out and what the playing field is. Yeah, it feels like they've shifted a lot of the, the weapon skill, ballistic skill, kind of up one. It it always felt like everything was kind of always, at this point, most things were hitting on freeze or maybe fours. It feels like everything's been sort of shifted one to the right to allow stuff like Custodians, Space Marines to have that. Those more elite armies that you expect them to hit better. Cause yeah, Votan are good. But it, for me, when the Votan were coming out and the way that it's always sold was more of a, more of a hoardy type. So not necessarily, they're not sort of gene raw 
space marines who are supposed to be the optimum warrior they are effectively space miners who suck up stuff and just take biomatter from everywhere and yeah they're not necessarily warriors so hitting on fours seems a little bit more a little bit more thematic then you have the grudge tokens you can be hitting on threes again and stuff like that i think it'd be i think it's good yeah yeah adding adding a bit more flavor and i think space marines needed something to probably set them apart because they've always been the you know the same as everyone else almost like there, mm. there was nothing special about them other than they had more models than everyone else really. <laughs> yeah yeah they, they, uh, 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 they are like the baseline of Warhammer, like because they've got the six yeah. games, they've always been that. But it's it's good. I, I'm just interested to see how they go. Like that that the Baneblade variant that has the the weapon that could just annihilate oh, the Titan. Yeah. Everybody losing their mind over that. I was like, come on, guys, come on now. If you're going to stand in front of a tank, no matter what it is, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah. Loads of Necron players went mad about that because they brought out the Doomsday Arc. And that had its its big weapon, and they were like, "Oh yeah, but this tank has got so much more strength and AP and, and damage." And like, yeah, but that's a Titan killer. Doomsday Arc is is not. And actually, there's loads of lore around the Necrons about when they wake up and about the degradation of their technology and things like that. And I was like, "Oh yeah, but it's a Doomsday Arc. It's supposed to be a Doomsday weapon." I'm like, yeah, but yeah, it's a Titan killer. It's a also, the Doomsday Arc is going to be half the price. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So. And yet, literally, this is. Like the the bane blade and the weapon they're talking about is like supposed to be the ultimate weapon from the Imperium. It's supposed to be like the most powerful land based weapon the Imperium have got. It's supposed to like shoot into orbit and stuff like that. And you're like, yeah, it should be a shed load of power and a lot of damage. It's what it's there for. Yeah, it's like a it's a, it's a basically a moving city because some of the books are as big as a city. Like yeah, it's mental. I remember Adam told me about that. I I have a bane blade, but I've never used it. I love that. I've never really seen one in person. I don't know why, because there's, there's a few guard players around in sort of the, the group around me, but I've never seen one play. They look like stunning models. Yeah, they're, they're, it's really cool. They're just so big, but bigger than my head, yeah. which is always a <laughs> comparison you can check the size of a model. <laughs> <laughs> is it bigger than my head? I play Chaos Knights, so yes, generally they are. That's the only thing. I do have an Imperial Knight, but I've never finished it. Oh, that's just good models. Yeah. Maybe I should, because you only need a lot three or four and you've got an army pretty much, don't you? Yeah, I've got one of the tyrants, which is the, the sort of the biggest one that GW do without getting Forge World. I've got three of the Desecrator Despoiler type ones. Is that three? And then I think I've got like nine or ten of the War Dogs. I've got quite a lot of knights. Oh wow, War Dog, okay, yeah. Yeah. Played them at tournaments and stuff. I've only played one tournament and I had to take my Deathwing because I love Deathwing. Okay. So, but I've played them, I've not played them as Chaos Knights. Again, they were, I started to repaint them when the Chaos Knight Codex came out and the new models because I thought the Abominant was such an awesome model and the new War Dogs are so stunning. So I've not really played them a huge amount. I've played them allied into some stuff, but yeah, never on their own as a, as a list just because I haven't had them painted up properly. I've been focused on my Dark Angels. I played against the Knights player in the last one I played in, Chaos Knight player. It was it was a game that went down to one point. It was, it was oh, very, wow. very close. I felt bad because um, I was playing Farsight, the, my Farsight guy, for the <laughs> first time. And I had a Riptide that you just kept shooting and uh, yeah. back and forth. And I was just like jumping around the building. Yeah. <laughs> like trying to like run away from him. And then I managed to kill his... his he, had, he had like a big shooty knight that had yeah. like the guns up there. The guns yeah, Tyrant. Yeah. yeah, Tyrant, that one. And then uh, he did nothing the whole game. 
Really that sounds about right for a tyrant. The tyrants <laughs> don't do anything. They're so yeah. appointed for what they are. I'm hoping they right, get a boost. Breacher squad killer, killer knight. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so I'm really bad. Yeah. Quite funny. Yeah. Maneuverability. It's a bit of a strange one for an army that's got like 10 to 14 inch movement on every model. Maneuverability is always the hard one, knights, because you're just trying to get around terrain and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's the way I play knights. When I, I play, I played a game on stream at a, the Dean Hammer Open. I played with my grey knights first, an army of I think was, I think it was Imperial knights or armages, just loads of armages, mm. right? Yeah, I think that's what they were called. So yeah, I'm just yeah. And I won just because I was so much more maneuverable. I was teleporting everywhere, uh, just having things in combat, and you know, my grandmaster popped off and I could a few by hitting nice. them. But um, it was a really close game. But the only reason I won is because I'm more mobile. Otherwise, he would have destroyed me because I had nothing left by the end of the game and he had a few models left. Yeah, um, that's that's the way of building on. Wins. Yeah, but again, like oranges have all got, they've got ten or twelve inch movement. So you would think again in the game, ten or twelve inch yeah. movement should be more than enough. But yeah, it's, the, it's those alleys you need to go down and how you get around. Grey knights are really good for maneuverability, though. So it's yeah, you're just teleporting everywhere. Bye. <laughs> yeah, see you later. You get infinity or like spend a couple of CP or teleporting, and then everything start can start in in space yeah. if they want to. So. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, they are. They're nice. It'll be interesting to see how they play in tenth when they lose the psychic phase, and yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. What special abilities and stuff they get? Hmm. Okay, let's move away from Warhammer as a game, and we'll talk more okay. about community, which we've kind of talked about a little bit around anyway. But um, so what? What originally got you creating content? Was it was it Quipster by the sounds of it? Yeah. So what? Well, it was. The, it was well. It, Adam, according to his um, <laughs> name, <laughs> should record this. So, um, yeah, it was kind of just us sitting on a house party, and then one day, one, one of the guys said, we should just record this and put it out, because people might enjoy it and, and, and have a laugh of it. And then Alex kind of fueled that by, like, hey, come, I've got all the equipment, because, you know, he does some stuff with um, yeah. TV, etc., and podcasts, um, and, like, bat reps, whatever. So we, we did that, and then he kind of, yeah. We started started with that, and then we did one, kind of got hooked a bit, and we had a real like regular schedule, mm. and we're posting quite a lot for a while. And Alex, being Alex, knowing everyone or knowing someone who knows everyone, <laughs> uh, was able to put some really cool guests, got to meet some really cool people. So it was like, yeah, but for me, for me, it was always just like us talking, then putting it out online. It was never yeah. uh, uh, start with. It was always it was never like it never felt like we were creating content if you know what I mean yeah uh, it's just kind of meeting, having a chat with your friends and having people listen to you that's that's so, the best way for me though to create, create that content is, is to try and have that sort of natural I don't know flow and be able to chat and it I say this every single time and everyone's everyone's going to get bored of this the Conclave is my favourite podcast Warhammer podcast because of that that flow it feels like you're part of the group it doesn't feel like it's sort of structured as like a I'm telling you something. It's just like, yeah, we're all just sat around, chilling. You can sit where you're just painting with it and you just feel like you're part of the group. So it's, it's nice. Okay, that's nice to hear. We do try to have structure. It just doesn't ever work. <laughs> <laughs> especially yeah. when, like, so should you have someone like me host, it's just always chaos. So I, don't, I, don't, I probably don't host as much. Well, I've not been on it for a while just because life gets in the, in, in the yeah. way. But, yeah, it, it's we try to have a structure that never works out. But I think our, our, the point we always try to make to, to each other was we're a group of mates having a chat about the thing we like yeah. and 
that's 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 what works and we always try to remind ourselves if we go back to that it feels like alex generally goes on the, off on the most tangents to be honest, as, as a listener and they tend to be the weirdest tangents as well yes there are a lot of times where i'm you know face palming like how <laughs> we got to this subject um, luckily i wasn't on the peach peachy uh podcast because i would have probably thrown something at the screen pegging or whatever they're talking about <laughs> but yeah alex alex does have the weirdest stories and then that's why Ed, Adam, and I are, are there to to um, take the mick out of him. <laughs> yeah, you, you tame him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he does. He does get un- uncontrollable. <laughs> yeah, he was quite tame on, on here. He was my first guest on this podcast, and yeah, he he was quite tame. I think by comparison, having listened to everything else and have heard everyone's stories about him, I'm surprised. I'm very surprised. But he's a good first guest to have on because he can he can uh, yeah. he knows everyone, and he, yeah. He, He's not humble, so he'll tell you he knows everyone, but <laughs> he'll help you out, so he's a good first guest. Yeah, I keep saying that. I owe a lot of the, the sort of any success I've got is probably down to Alex, and he just like calls in favours for me and gets people on. I'm like, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Don't tell him that because he'll just make his big head even bigger. <laughs> I know, yeah. He's going to struggle to get out of doors. Yeah. He's been nice, though. Really smiles too much. <laughs> oh no, it's stupid, stupid, handsome face and all that. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. selfie. Yeah, I mean, the Conclave is a successful podcast. I would say you, you get a good amount of listeners and people follow it and stuff like that. Have you got any sort of advice for people looking to do uh, the same sort of things or start or sort of boost their podcast? Me, maybe. I'm probably the worst one of the crew to ask for advice. You've seen Adam, Ed, and Alex all be very successful content creators um, and have very cool ideas. But for me, I would say have fun with it. Like, make sure you enjoy it because you don't want it to be like become like a job. Unless it yeah. is your full-time job, right? But if you need to make sure you enjoy it, know what you're doing. Uh, well, not, not, to say not when I say know what you're doing, just kind of like know what who you want to talk to. Yeah. Uh, and then and then. I think it will look after itself. For me, for me I just I, I always say to the guys like Warhammer is not my job. Mm. It's my hobby, so I don't want it to ever feel like it's my job because I want it to be the thing I go do to relax or yeah. be stressed from work. My job is stressful and full on enough as it is. So um, that would probably I don't know if that's like even the cat's advice, but just try and enjoy it. And if it, you stop enjoying it, take a break or don't do it because your heart's not going to be in it, and the listeners will know. Yeah. Um, Oh, that was very yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that, that echoes a lot of of what I've sort of the other people have have said on the podcast, and it's something that I I've definitely listened to and and, and done. And yeah, like you say, it is a hobby at the end of the day. If it becomes if it becomes hard work, if it becomes a job. Yeah, it does it does flow through. It does make it a lot more difficult. And to be honest, I edit I edit these, and I feel like pain in the ass to edit some of these. If I didn't enjoy it, there's no way that I'd do it and get it out on time. I have no idea how some of the people do it on my YouTube because I know that it's, it's a lot more difficult. And I put these out for two weeks and people put out videos like every day on YouTube. I just don't get yeah. how. I don't know how Josh does it. He's a machine because he edited yeah. it himself. Warhammer Fest, we did the first day. He then edited the video and put out the Warhammer Fest day one the next day. That's mad. While at the hotel. That's, that's some real dedication. I know he really enjoys it, but that's some, that's some real yeah. dedication. He's the, I, I, I call him the hardest working hobbyist because not only does he paint... <laughs> insane quality miniatures paints everything gw sends him quickly and efficiently yeah. always out but he does his own editing and everything self uh his output is insane and then he also paints like models for himself as well 
and plays yeah. in tournaments and whatever, and then puts up with podcasts and craziness like me and Adam <laughs> as well. So, <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's, yeah, it's a real grind to it. I'm not a big fan of editing either. I don't particularly enjoy it. I also hate to listen to my own voice back. <laughs> so um, it makes it really irritating when I'm editing. <laughs> yeah, but, I know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Being the only person that does this podcast, I obviously edit every one and yeah, listen to my voice back. I'm like, oh, why? Why did it? Why did I do this? But then I get to listen back to the conversations, and that's probably one of the more enjoyable things about that. I get to hear the episode back again first. Yeah, and a lot of it just makes me laugh again because people yeah. say really, like really stupid or really funny things, and I yeah, I really enjoy sort of listening to it back, and I think that's kind of what keeps me going with, with a lot of that is I am, I am enjoying it yeah um, I find out that sometimes I laugh at my own jokes it's like, like am I, am I, is that is that stupid am I like you know is that weird <laughs> am I that funny no joke. as long as you don't do in public it's, it's fine it's normal yeah. right yeah yeah just walk around going huh that was a funny thought um, <laughs> what, what so got I mean, you into doing the, the podcast and stuff like so it's a kind of a combination of things really so when during COVID, I think I said this to Alex, my experience of COVID was really different in terms of the hobbies. So we had quite a good little hobby group. We we all worked together and we kind of went into work, talked about Warhammer all day, ended up going and like setting up games, playing games. And then COVID happened and we were all key workers, but we all ended up going and working from home. And we just didn't really talk. We just kind of disappeared. The group kind of then sort of splintered a little bit and we never, we didn't, we didn't, I didn't play for ages, even post COVID. I think I, I think I've only played maybe 10 games a ninth, something like that. Like a really sort of low number. And that includes playing like three in a day for a tournament and, and stuff like that. Most of them have been board matches. And I kind of got to the point where I was like, I want to kind of do the hobby again. And I, I don't necessarily, my local game store moved, they moved. So they used to be like 20 minutes away from me. Now they're like, 40 35 40 minutes so it's it's not, it's yeah. not as bad as you but it, it's it's a lot further around and um, i had a I had my daughter during covid as well so she's she's two now and so i was coming up for christmas last year and i was like i'm getting a little bit more time to be able to do the hobby again so this is good mm-hmm. i don't necessarily just want to kind of paint playing games takes quite a lot like i say it takes like a, a day and so yeah i didn't really have time to, to do that and i was like you know what i kind of just want to chat with people and I was like, what, how can I persuade my wife to let me once a week, once every two weeks, just sit and not have the baby monitor and just chat Warhammer all evening? Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to make a, I'm going to make a podcast because that's yeah, why, yeah. that's what I can do. And it's something that I'd kind of looked at, looked at for a long time was trying to like be a little bit more active in the community and trying to like make more friends that like the more social side of it. And this just felt like a, a, a good way into it and a good, good way of doing it. And. I'm glad that I did. I'm really glad that I sort of made that jump and, and started doing it because I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. This will be episode 14, I think. Well, wow, well, okay. And, yeah, and I've done it. I've done one every two weeks without any gap. Even last week when I was on holiday, I had an episode go out on the Thursday, so I edited it all the week before. With, so I yeah, spoke yeah. to Rosie on like the... I think I spoke to Rosie on the Friday, edited it over like the Saturday, Sunday, and like had it all scheduled to come out while I was on holiday. And I think it's like, very professional. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, but it, it just felt like, you know, I'm, I'm really enjoying doing it. I, yeah, yeah. I, I slowly build up this little, little community. And I know that like one of the core things about building the community, building up the podcast is trying to keep that regularity. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it because I enjoy doing it anyway. So I'll get it out. Yeah. 
yeah, no, the consistency is a big part of it. I think we when we first did the conclave, we were really consistent for a long time, and then it, I mean, COVID really helped us with that because we couldn't really go anywhere. Yeah, we were all kind of looking forward to going talking for the couple of hours we did it, but then as soon as COVID stopped, life happened. Yeah. It became a bit harder to because it's four people. Yeah, getting yeah. all four people to align, especially with people like, well, I mean, we all have really busy lives. Uh, and busy jobs, and particularly Adam's job is like you know it's so <laughs> yeah. insanely busy, so um, it's hard to um, to do it. So now we've got the voices in a warp as well as an additional thing. We kind of have yeah. more scope to be able to fit our schedules between it. Because like Ed, Ed's got now got a really successful busy YouTube channel as well, so yeah. he's got so much going on. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like, so I thought Ed was doing more of it and probably getting paid more for it and stuff like that. And then when I chat with him, it kind of is just a hobby that he's enjoying, really. I know he gets a little bit from it and stuff like that, but he's making like really, really good, consistent content. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's good. I saw the other day he got his voice got compared to Henry Cavill, and if that were me, I'd have felt like I've made it. You know? <laughs> that's it. Never yeah. have to do anything ever again. <laughs> Hobby's so, over. Um... I'm doing. That's that's the pinnacle. <laughs> pinnacle rate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, can't top that one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if you had, do you think if you had the chance, you would lean more into content creation, like doing stuff like YouTube or more podcasting? If if you could make it viable, i.e., you could get paid for it or something like that, w- would you lean into it more? Or do you prefer it being that chat with mates as a hobby? It's an interesting perspective. Well, into your question, sorry to say. Right now, I, the the answer might not come to my head straight away is no. <laughs> <laughs> Because Warhammer is my hobby, and like I, I, I get drained from doing the podcast, if I'm honest, sometimes because when mm. it comes, like, it feels like a job if it comes yeah. too much. And I do, when I read Instagram and look at all the comments, people being negative, it, it kind of like, oh, my, oh, come on now. And then doing the <laughs> podcast, it's like a bit more on top of it. So I've muted a load of WhatsApp chats that I'm in, because, you know, like London Wargaming Guild and all that stuff, you have the odd time when something's released, yeah, there's like loads of negativity towards it. Yeah, which is usually a positive, really positive group, but that one percent of the time, it's just a bit like I need a break from it. Which now I'm, sounds like I'm being really negative. No, no it's, it's uh, fine. Yeah, so the, the, the answer is no. But like one day, if Josh's YouTube channel really like, you know, goes, goes mental, like it becomes the next like you know Warhammer KSI, and he's got loads of money coming up, <laughs> and he wants me to help him out. Then yeah, I'll, I'll I'll definitely love to work with Josh like that. I don't see why not in the future. But I I don't have the kind of I don't have the idea to go do something on my own. I like okay. doing it with my friends. Yeah. Even when I did stream Call of Duty and stuff, it was just a lot of work. And then my job is really busy. I've kind of started a new career in last year. That's okay. taking a lot up of my time. It's going really well. And then I have my health. And then I play a lot of sport. So I've got enough things going on to maybe not be able to like put the time into it that you would need to. Uh, and I always want it to be my hobby. Yeah. I don't want to not enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. So that was a long, convoluted answer saying no <laughs> at the moment. No, no, it's, it's all it's all good, sort of really good, valid sort of things. Because I think a lot of people see YouTubers, podcasters, whatever they who make a career out of it, and they kind of go, "Oh yeah, why would you not want to do that?" But then I think through this podcast, I, I I was very similar to that. I was like, "Well, why would you not want to be a YouTuber if you had the opportunity?" And then through this podcast, I sort of learned more and more about it. It's actually, you know what? It is a hobby, and if if you enjoy it, the moment you turn into the job, it it starts to sort of blur that line of, well, it is my job. I need to be able to get this this paint out, this this model out soon. I mean, who was a was it? Great, was it the Warhammer girl? Was it somebody? I can't remember who it was. 
But somebody on Instagram was saying like it become really stressful for them because they were yeah. getting sent models by GW. They were having to paint them up to like a really strict schedule to get them out. So they got got out on like the, the day before or whatever it was. And it, it stopped feeling fun. Like they were being almost forced to paint. They weren't. They weren't being forced to paint, mod- paint, paint models. Like GW weren't saying you have to paint them on this day. But they felt like they owed it to their followers and, and to people like that to be able to get it out on time because they'd given them that opportunity. And I was just kind of like, yeah, why Why would you want that to be your job? If if you love the hobby so much, why would you want to turn it into something that actually you, you probably resent? Yeah, that, I mean, you basically summed up the way I feel about it, really. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want to, you know, you don't, you know, if you're with your, well, why do you go to work, right? Ultimately, used to get paid. So, I mean, so I enjoy the people I work with. I enjoy work sometimes, but well, not sometimes. I do enjoy my job. Uh, particularly this job, but the job I had before, where I'd done it for eight, eight years, it was the same thing over and over again, and I wasn't particularly enjoying. It. So I just don't want to have that feeling with the hobby. And everybody gets hobby burnout. So the podcast doing that top of the hobby just means I think I get hobby burnout quicker. Yeah, like accelerating that. Yeah, no, that's fair. I I guess it's one of those things where if you end up turning into your career, so if you took Josh as the example, like he is doing the hobby for a job. If he ever gets burnt out. That's literally his income. That's him paying for his mortgage. And he's just got burned out from a hobby. And because he's effectively self-employed, he gets burned out, he doesn't want to do it anymore. He has no money coming in. And to top it off, he's also lost a passion for a hobby. So he can't even fall back to the hobby to get joy from that part of his life again. Yeah, that's, that's true. And also, that I think for me coming into the hobby later, Warhammer wasn't my first like true passion. Yeah. So I don't have the same connection to it, probably like a Josh or an Adam. Yeah. Because for me, growing up, my my true passion is rugby. Like that was what I I lived and breathed for for the weekend, or um, what I really looked forward to, and what I kind of thought about was sport, rugby, and cricket. Yeah. And then with my chronic illness, I can't play rugby anymore because if I get hit yeah. the wrong way, it's gonna really hurt. Yeah. So Warhammer was kind of like my replacement for it. So even though I love the hobby and I love everything around it, it's not quite the same as running around a pitch getting beat up by 15 men <laughs> much bigger than me <laughs> which makes it sound great <laughs> but yeah i think i think that's like the way i'm thinking about it yeah no it's, it's really valid and I, I think it's it's good for people to to see that side of the the hob or the or the hobby content creation i guess is a hobby for people yeah that that's why the sort of side of content creation is it's not yeah it's not this rosy thing and again it was sort of I think Silver posted about it after Warhammer Fest, saying that like there was a lot of a lot of negativity around content creators post Warhammer Fest because they made it seem like this good thing and everyone like the like YouTubers look like they got all these benefits. And she's like, Well no, it's it's kind of the job. Like it's like Josh, like the fact that Josh was going, mm. doing everything in the day, meeting all the meeting everybody, making content still, still filming things, still still doing it, and then going back to the hotel and then having to do all of his editing and get get videos out and stuff like that is I think it's quite as, it's not this sort of dreamy life that a lot of people think it's, especially not at the sort of numbers we're talking about. I guess when you get to like KSI numbers where you can just mess around and other people will edit your videos and, and do a lot yeah, of Yeah, you can pay for editors and things. That, that makes it a bit easier. But like when you've got something like Josh where it's pure one-man show, like yourself a one-man show and it's a lot of hard work, then it's not the negativity towards him. But that, that's probably just a bit of, I think that, I don't. I don't want to criticize on content creators, but I think there's a bit of a an education piece for both the 
you know, their, their community and their content creator there is about probably just being a bit more open and communicating yeah. with your with your, your audience to say, like, guys, I understand I'm in a really perfect position and it's really cool, but also this, you know, I got this opportunity so I could share this with you guys as your, like, spoke person or whatever, not, you know, as your, as your you know, as, as my audience. So that's, that's the, what I took from the looking at Warhammer Fest. There's probably just a bit of frustration around Warhammer Fest and probably a bit of frustration around, oh, look, I had to queue. So I, I, I would just say just be honest and be more open with your community and and then you're you're gonna make it well i'm i'm acting like the world is a reasonable place it's probably not so <laughs> ignore me <laughs> no, it's i mean the, the, we on warhammer fest the, the, there probably is a lot of deserved negativity there around the, the queue times and things like that but i've had quite a few people of, of my listeners sort of messaging and be like actually you know what i i really enjoyed warhammer fest and it was really interesting because listening and sort of bringing those stories together the common link was the people who went for the social aspects of being in Warhammer Fest tended to enjoy it more rather than just going to be, oh, I'm just going to go and play that, that tent. So I'm going to go and see those particular models. Those people who went for those really specific things didn't really have a good time. They ended up queuing loads. The people who went for the social side, it seems to be a lot better. Not that yeah. you did it right, but. Well, I, I mean, it's the first one they've done in a while. So I guess they probably, hopefully they learn a lot from it. Yeah. I'm, I'm lucky because I went with Josh um adam and um alice so like we hung out together and had a great time and then i got to meet all the amazing people that were there hung out yeah. with liam hung out at tabletop tactics uh, I, I i'm i'm in a unique position where i guess i've met a lot of the big hobby influencers like winters liam and everyone else yeah. mikey etc and i don't really get like a nerd you know <laughs> from what nerdgasm when you meet these people yeah. but i saw a beard and i had my moment <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I was like, Adam, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, Adam, holy shit, that's beard. <laughs> I was like, kind of grabbing Adam, like, beard, beard. And then we were like, oh shit. And then we had like, we met beard, and then we met the rest of the planet. So that was, um, that that was crazy. But then, yeah, so that, that was really cool. And yeah, I definitely feel like if you went on your own, it would be harder to have a good time. Because uh, even I, well, saying, saying the great time I had, having to, no, I didn't get to try temp, the queue was too long. I barely got to really look around the Golden Demon stuff because there was just constantly people there. Yeah. And I didn't even really try the video games. I kind of just hung around and spoke to people. I got to see bits, got to do a bit of shop. I played in the tournament on the Monday? Yeah, you played in the one, didn't you? Yeah, with Adam. And that went well. And, and he came uh, third. Yeah, well he came the trophy's the most awesome thing in the world. Oh, Taking yeah, that on like a trainer was bizarre. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a, like a bronze painted bronze yeah like chainsawed it's really cool <laughs> but yeah it was a good laugh like the pub quiz was amazing uh, i totally got carried uh, <laughs> adam, adam josh and alice and our two additional uh, team members who were i think they're from lebanon or something it was absolutely crazy okay carried me i think i got three questions out of like the 50 odd right uh well contributes this was your opportunity Adam's already been on. Josh has already been on. Like, this yeah, I could say. No, no, no. You, you, yeah, you, you took. I'm you very took honest. So there's an, there was an anagram section that Alice absolutely annihilated. She, it was, it was like the. I was so impressed how she was getting them. She didn't even know <laughs> some of the words she was saying, and she was getting them right. <laughs> I'm pretty certain. <laughs> and then Josh and Adam just know everything about Warhammer. Although Josh didn't do well under what color the paints are section. Oh. So like they brought up like you know when you go on the GW website they have like what the paint actually looks uh, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was like that. Guess what color it is? And he got he got mo- I think he got most of them wrong. But to be oh, fair to him, gosh. when you talk to really high level painters, they always say that the 
those those like pictures don't match the color so i was like okay i'll let you off <laughs> yeah but i got i got like i got one right because i was like fuck it just say Tyrion because they put a picture <laughs> of, Tyr- of Tyrion lannister on there like what right. model or what what is this what does this mean i was like fuck it put techless and Tyrion because you know <laughs> that's anything i could think of i should get that right for guessing i got river reichland because of the total war nice. and then i got i got farsight because i mean but everybody got farsight because it was like you know um, <laughs> Mod car or something. I was like, oh, that means Farsight, doesn't it? Right. Or Cal- no, Mod car is it? They're not Cal Young. Uh, <laughs> Annoy half the towel players in the world <laughs> if I got that wrong. But yeah, it was a really good laugh. And then you got some cool little prizes from it. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a good. That was, I, I enjoyed one of It was just cool meeting people. Which again, it's a yeah. community, right? Yeah, and that's the thing. That, that was, like I say, a lot of the messages I got, it was like, yeah, it kind of makes sense when you go there for the community and stuff. They've got, like, GW hopefully will learn a lot. From what I hear, LVO was a much better balance of it. The LVO was supposed to be really, really good this year. It's supposed to have a lot less queues and things like that. So hopefully they'll take learning from there and they'll they'll take learning from that and they'll they'll do things better. But I guess part of it as well is is what people are expecting. Like it's the Warhammer Fest is the biggest Warhammer event in the UK. There's gonna be a lot of people there. Yeah. What kind of I think they probably could have done of less tournament space and make it a bit more more of a showcase, but then they can just add more stuff and learn from the future. There's a lot of yeah. space there that they could have used. Uh, only thing I would have said is more variety of food, maybe you know, more yeah. drinks. Coke Zero <laughs> ran out really fast, guys. <laughs> oh, interesting. There you go. So, GW, if you are listening to this, more Coke Zero, please. And, uh, just for one. Richard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, just for Richard. Yeah, that would be good. In fact, just have a little mini fridge that's just for Richard that gets restocked like every hour, and yeah, you'll be all right. I'll take I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. I'll sort of move on a little bit now because it'd be it'd okay. be good to talk about sort of real real life stuff. Sure. sure. You've you've talked about your sort of chronic illnesses uh, before in the podcast. Can you give sort of a a little breakdown about what you suffer from? Yeah, it's a lot of big words. So I will I have to get go my ahead. notepad up to say this. So. <laughs> I'll go over like the the big ones. So that the, there's like three main ones that I suffer from. So it's called severe bile malabsorption. So I don't have a gallbladder, and your gallbladder is what where you store your bile, which is what you use to help digest food. Mm. I might be saying this all wrong, and you have a doctor in this. Now you're completely wrong. But that's what my understanding is. Uh, so my body doesn't absorb. So now I don't have a gallbladder. My bile is stored, I think, in like my liver and stuff, and my body okay. doesn't absorb it properly. So it can cause me to feel nauseous and cause some pain. I've got what's called post-laparoscopic cholecystic syndrome. That's basically like I still have the pain of gallstones even though I don't have a gallbladder. Oh, really? And then I've got something called palipary stenosis, which I think is something to do with the like pipes that were meant to connect your gallbladder and your liver together, and they're not being the right size anymore after they remove my gallbladder. So basically all around that area, yeah. I've got these issues that then cause me some pain and discomfort and make me feel not very well. And then I've got stuff that's also wrong with my stomach on the side, which just makes me uh, be the running joke of the podcast that I need to do a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's all kind of all stuff that I've had for probably about five years now. Okay, so it's a, it's a rel- relatively new-ish thing then. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, so I spent, when I was 25 I got it, so I'm 29 now. And it was a February of, I want to say 2018. I got diagnosed with gallstones. I had my gallbladder removed in the October of that year, and then my recovery didn't go great. And then I've had all these problems ever since. Uh, it's really weird because people with gallstones are usually like overweight. They say they say you're overweight, middle aged, 
a highly fertile woman. <laughs> and I was, I'm like, and I was sitting there going, I'm none of those, so yeah. I'm just lucky. Uh, I was like the fittest I've ever been in my life. I was playing rugby to a reasonably good standard for like an amateur player. Like I was playing against teams who were uh, reserve teams of professional sides. So nice. I was like really fit. I was running 100 meters like very, very quickly. I felt strong and well. But then one day I just ate a steak. My body was like, nope. And That's mad. Ag- agony. And then it all just kind of went a bit downhill from there. So That's crazy. Um, that, that must be really difficult to get it. So so far, far into life so obviously you've lived 25 years with, without this that must be quite a quite a difficult thing to adapt your life to to try and manage with them yes it definitely was there's been some obviously some ups and downs throughout the journey the journey of like learning to deal with it the, the hardest things were for, were for me it was kind of the what i couldn't do anymore so not being able to drink uh, i played rugby my whole life so drinking is a big rugby like yeah. culture around drinking not being able to play rugby, like it's the biggest passion I have and something I loved yeah, and I like that worked. Really hard. That yeah, it was really difficult. And, and like now, I don't really like going watching my team play because yeah. it's like a bit heartbreaking to be like I should be on the pitch, especially when I'm like I could do that better. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so that was really diff- difficult. I only recently got back to playing cricket properly. Last season was my first full season. I did half a season the season okay. before, so only season and a half ago. I felt well enough to go back, and even then, sometimes it's really yeah. hard. So, because my body can just one day be like, no, uh, it takes me longer to recover for things. Exercising it hurts. Mm. But the the way I look at it is like, yeah, I've had all the challenges, you know, ups and downs. Have God knows how many procedures, cameras shoved up in all the holes possible, <laughs> and scans taken of me. I was on an MRI last week, but it is what it is, and I'm. It's my normal now, so. Yeah. I'm. It's hard. To, it's, it's weird to say, but I like at this point, I don't care about it. Yeah. I just just get on with it, and it is what it is. I look at it like you know, my career's gone really well the last year, and I've done all that with these issues that I have to manage, and it's probably helped me be a stronger, more determined person mm. for my career because I have to just deal with it. And yeah, it kind of is what it is. I don't know, that was a long really speech it's just just to make everybody feel sorry for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it, it's it's good to, to sort of talk about it. like you said with with Coach there when you sort of find out the fact that he had chronic illness, it's, it's good I think it's good to hear the fact that there is kind of everybody in the in the community, there is kind of everybody out there that, that's suffering with these different things. I know that Alex gets a lot of messages about his, but for me it's also kind of it's it's always quite impressive to sort of learn about these things and to then understand how people cope with them. Because you, because I mean, like your attitude is, it is what it is. Like you could have spiraled the other way and be like, "Why is my life like this? Like this is shit. I'm like done. Everyone owes me everything because of it." But instead, you've kind of flipped it, and yeah, it's like taking up positive from a, a shit situation. Yeah, I mean, I don't get me wrong. There have been times when I've been like, "Oh, why is it me?" and been all yeah. down and uh, sad about it, but. You keep that behind closed doors. I'm, I'm, I'm probably a bit more private than Alex is about it. I don't really post <laughs> on uh, social media about it and stuff, but I'm happy to talk about it because I feel like there is a stigma around chronic illness because it's something that people don't see. Like you can't. It's all like you know, you've had your arm chopped off because you can see someone's not got an arm. It's yeah. you know, it's that's a really bad example. But <laughs> no, no, no actually, it's a, it's a good example. Yeah, <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't see it. So I've had people like you don't look unwell, but it's like yeah. I've got a good poker face. Like, you have to just hide it. Like, I'm always in pain yeah. of some description. I'm always in some type of pain, taking painkillers. But, 
you know, my pain threshold is obviously a lot higher now because I'm so used to being in yeah. pain. I make a good spin. Yeah. I'm a good servitor at this point. <laughs> yeah, just take out all the other bits. Just be a floating head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's always rough, like losing that passion. I mean, I, I've got arthritis in my knee. I, I had part of my uh, cartilage removed quite when I was quite young. When I was 15, I had my, part of my cartilage removed. So probably about four years ago, I got diagnosed with sort of early onset arthritis, and all of a sudden they went, "Oh, you can't play hockey anymore." And I went, "Oh God." What? I was like, what, what do you mean? I was like playing every week and stuff like that. I, I picked up hockey really late in life, but I was really enjoying it. I was playing goal and like some of my team was like, oh yeah, come play with the club and, and stuff like that. So I was going to like, yeah, I could play this like every week, a few times a week. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, you can't do it anymore. And I wasn't playing hockey at the level or the time that you've, you've been playing rugby for. So that, that feels like it's, yeah, that feels like it's really rough to take that sort of thing away. Yeah. I mean, so like when it first happened, like I was, so... The first year of having the Gorsons and not playing, it happened in February, so I missed the second half of the season, right. uh, which was frustrating because actually I was playing this on the best rugby I've ever played. But I, it, it, I, I got so sick so quickly that I kind of like didn't really think about it. Yeah. And then, I, so I had the operation in October. I was okay for a couple months, and I was like recovering, so I couldn't play then. And then it went really bad again in the January, and then I was like really, really ill. Uh, like right. my boss came into work and told me I needed to go home because I was like I'm one of these people right. who doesn't listen to their body <laughs> and I just like keep going in like I feel like I'm letting everyone down if I don't go into work yeah. I'll be in pieces all different colors were coming out of both ends it was disgusting and like not well <laughs> um, I went from 11 and a half stone down to like nine and a bit stone like nine Oof. nine and a half wow. stone which you know when you're five foot nine uh and 11 you're, yeah that's a lot of weight to lose and i wasn't eating yeah. so i was like really ill and pale so then i got sent home and i spent six months at home like for, well having all sorts wow. of tests trying to improve kind of like slowly improved because not because i got better but because i learned to live with it like learn how to deal yeah. with it uh manage it better and then i then i went back to work and like spent three or four months kind of learning how to live with it and work and then, like, however many years later, I'm, that was like a couple of years, and then three years later, I'm here now. COVID. So it was really weird because actually, during COVID, so I was off sick, came back to work, and a few months later, COVID happened. And they were like, So your, your class is vulnerable, so you need to go home. And I was like, No, I'm not going home because I've done COVID. <laughs> I've done six yeah. months of self isolation already. So I was like, I'm not yeah. going home. I'll just be careful. And if I get sick, then I'll stay at home or I'll get <laughs> yeah. sick, right? I was like really determined with my start, my manager, and then they they went and uh, where I worked, they went to set me to cover a bigger store because their their manager got COVID. So I kind of just threw myself into work and yeah, kind of got me through it and just learned to manage it. Yeah. And then then as I've got more better managing it, like missing rugby because I felt like oh maybe I should try and play, and then I'll like go sprint or run around and I feel like the pain in my stomach. My body's like behave, Richard. <laughs> so I don't. Maybe maybe one last no I won't I shouldn't do that. <laughs> There's always a yeah. temptation. One last game. Yeah, one last game and then yeah, you yeah. roll on the floor when you get hit by some seventeen stone guy and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not worth it. No. But that, that that was uh <laughs> yeah, so but it, it is what it is, everybody has their sort of like with your arthritis and Alex with his I don't even know what he's called. His is this one to do with his colitis? Um, that's all oh, well, good good you're a better friend than I am. His, his, I know it's to do with his intestines. 
Yeah. So, but like everybody has like their hidden battle they're fighting, right? Yeah. So, I I think everybody's uh is, you know, you just you do fight you find a way. I think that got really a uh, really a wholesome. Got really deep. <laughs> yeah, got really deep. Yeah. 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 Uh, so apart, apart from that, apart from all that <laughs> stuff, is there anything you sort of do to to chill out? away from Warhammer or, or work and things like that. We've talked about yes. cricket and So I play cricket. I, I play that so that's probably about as, as about as physical as I probably push myself without really doing a lot of uh putting myself through a lot of discomfort. I like I love video games. I probably play way too much video games. So football <laughs> manager anything from football manager to Total War to Call of Duty to League of Legends. So I I play quite a lot of that. So I play I was playing some COD with Josh and Adam not, not a couple of weeks well a week ago. Played a bit of FIFA at the weekends. Uh, so I, I do that to turn my turn my brain off. Like, <laughs> I'm one of these people who's really competitive. So if I get into a game, it can be quite a bit of a spiral to try and like be the best possible. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know if you. So I, I presume you've heard of League of Legends. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Have you I heard of Team Team Fight Tactics? So it's relatively mm-hmm. new. So it's um, like a different game mode on 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 League of Legends. Uh, okay. And it's like an, it's called like an auto chess battler. Uh, okay, yeah. And I got to like the top three percent of players of Europe on it, and it was like a, it was like a job, like being that competitive. <laughs> I just learned everything, so then I stopped playing it because it was like you know ruining the fun of it. Yeah. But um, so so that, that's something I like to do to relax is be really stressed, stressful, and competitive in every game I play. <laughs> but yeah, that's the kind of thing I, I, I kind of do away from the hobby. I, I I like bowling, you know, temping bowling, and I'm looking to yeah, maybe okay. take that up as like a little bit of a hobby because I'm naturally quite good at it. Okay. So I've, I've, this is the thing. I find I'm good at something. I kind of want to see how far I can go and push it. So I, I, <laughs> let's I, go. Let's go. Almost professional and stop. <laughs> well, yeah. So well, I don't know about about, about that. But like, so I had like a work do the other week, and this will give you a bit of insight to how competitive I am. So people are like asking, are "You any good at bowling?" And I know I'm all right for a person who doesn't do it a lot. I got my top score was like 175 or something, nice. which is pretty good. So I, I said, yeah. "Yeah, I'm all right." I didn't let on I was any good. I rocked up, got six strikes in a row, scored two hundred or something, and then and then everybody was like hating on me, and I was like, guys, to be honest with you, I knew I was alright, but I haven't been bowling for like a year, so this is a bit mental. Uh, that's kind of sums me up as like how competitive I am. Yeah, I, I do have a lot of like interests outside of, of of Warhammer, but that's what keeps Warhammer so fresh for me. So I yeah. love going to the cinema. Yeah, I love video games. Love watching TV series. Yeah, any, any anything. I read, I read, love reading. Many for I do mainly just read Warhammer books at the moment, so I probably need to expand my my <laughs> library a little bit because all of it's a space parades. <laughs> it's a wide range there, the the black library. There's a lot of books. And... Well, yeah, so I I say I say this to Josh and my Adam. Like they know so much about Warhammer, but I'm like, if I had read this many books about any other top, any other like sci-fi world. I would be like the leading authority <laughs> on that sci-fi world because yeah. Warhammer has so many books. I still know nothing. Yeah. It's like Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay, Star Wars back in the whole thing have a lot. But Lord of the Rings is you know the three main books, The Hobbit, and then like the other books that you don't want to read because they're actually just mind-numbingly boring. Sorry, yeah, anyone. But so um, since, it's, yeah, it's that one. Free. I've read. I've, I've probably I don't know how many Warhammer books I read. Like fifty odd, maybe. I don't know. And I still don't know anything about compared to the other guys. Fifty is a bit of an exaggeration. I say thirty. I mean, I think I'm on about ten that I've listened to so far. So I I don't read the books because I have a two year old. I yeah. listen, I have to listen to the books. I say but, yeah, read, I mean like listen. And no one no one can read nowadays. So listen. <laughs> <laughs> what is this read thing? You mean books have got are actually physical things? 
What was that? Um, the movie, uh, the Simpsons movie, was like I was born to lead, not to read. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you have, what? What do you do outside? So apart from, because I guess your your two year old probably takes up a lot of your spare time outside of the hobby. Yeah, pr- predominantly it's kind of look, with being with the family and things like that. I I used to play a lot of video games. I've got a few thousand hours in Dota quite a oh, while wow. ago now. But yeah, I used to play Dota a lot. I used to be quite quite good support in Dota. What do I do? I don't know. Play play a lot of board games. Okay. Partner, try try to play them. We've gone through a bit of a hiatus of them at the moment, but yeah, we we try to play board games stuff like that. We did try to get the D and D during um. I love D and D. Covid, but it didn't quite stick. But yeah, D and D was a load of fun. It was a bit mental. Yeah. Some of the stuff you can get to up to. I play, I played a cat like a, a li- I think it's a leonin, so a li- like a giant, basically a giant lion, yeah. a human lion. And I had a thing where. You know when cats kill something, they bring it to their owner as like a gift. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I was like killing barbaric like bandits, t- ripping their heads off and taking it to like the local police person <laughs> and giving it to them as a gift, and then wondering why we were getting in trouble because I was just decapitating everyone. But yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I'll be, <laughs> be- before I had my little one, I was a, a dungeon master, so I played quite a lot of D and D. Oh, cool. Okay. At the moment, I said this to Rosie, I'm writing a sort of a D&D Warhammer crossover game where basically it's um, your members of the Death Watch. Oh, wow. And okay. So you can kind of take different roles within the Death Watch and you can kind of like progress through ranks as you go through. I'm really early in it. I've been thinking about it for years, but I've actually decided yeah. to finally write it down. But yeah, at some point I might try and try and pull that together into something that resembles something. And I've got a few friends that play D&D, so I'll probably drag them into it and get them to play it see what it's like but yeah like, yeah they'll squad together that'd be quite cool yeah it's like a little kill team you go into like a space hawk or something like that or like you go i don't know you're a crack team to go and kill a tau commander or something like that it's yeah oh yeah that sounds funny <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that sounds really cool i think there's i think there's definitely a space for that in the the warhammer world i, I wouldn't be surprised if gw go down that route one day because they're ready to try i think they've got the... they've got one. Oh, okay i didn't know yeah that. i don't know I've never known anyone who didn't play it, but I mean, just not moving the right circles for that. But yeah, they've they've definitely had one. There's a few out there where people have sort of homebrewed their own rules similar to what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure there's like one official one out there. I'm not sure how good it is or whether or not it is, it is any good, but yeah, it's something that I've sort of looked at doing. And the, the idea is like, rather than having like every different, not like, like D&D, you can basically play whatever race you want. The idea is like, the base standard is like Space Marine. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's really hard in the forty k community. I was thinking about it quite a lot to try and like base it around something. And obviously in D and D, your sort of tens across the board or whatever it is is like a good human like level. So it's like a like that standard. To try and do that in Warhammer is really hard because like, well, if I put a human as a ten, well then all Space Marines are like stat. All their stats are like fifteen or sixteen instantly. Yeah, so yeah. These, like, and they are. Yeah, it's impossible there. to balance it because Warhammer's meant to be ridiculous, isn't it? Like, what, what yeah. happens if Angron turns up or a Primarch yeah. turns up or, you know, a, or, and then you've got like a, a Rattling? Yeah. So, so like, how, how how is that comparison? That, yeah, so that, that's why I kind of like, okay, I can do it at a Space Marine level. When you look at then, you look at some of like the, the Tau, like Genes Leaders, you can kind of pull from some of the other D&D monsters and things like that. So you can make it somewhat like comparable and. So yeah, like, that's quite a clever yeah. way of doing it. Yeah, so you like look, you look at like gene stealers, and they've got a really, really high dexterity, so it'll affect their armor saves. So similar to like how I don't know, like a monk has a better armor save because of their dexterity and things like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the idea behind it is the fact that they'll be harder to hit 
purely because they're moving so quickly and things like that. And yeah, I'm trying to bring in different like armor classes and things like that. So as you like level up, I think I've set it so that every you can't get like Terminator armor until you're like your level ten. Yeah, so you can start off in like Phobos armor, get like the Mark. So I think I've put like Mark, Mark ten. Yeah, Mark ten is like the base armor, and then you can specialize into. It depends on what what class you end up going. So I think I've got I've got like the standard Space Marine that's like becomes a, a Space Marine officer, so they can generally choose between all the armors. But then there's like like the Chaplain. I think can't go in Phobos. You can only go in like Terminator or maybe Mark ten. I can't remember exactly. There's Apothecary. They can take Phobos because of the Helix the helix corner and stuff like that yeah. so that's what i'm thinking is like that graphics apothecary just maybe we oh. think of it that model is gorgeous all of yeah, them sorry but yeah 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 that's a really nice so actually because of that model i added in gravis armor into the apothecary yeah yeah, yeah. that's good but yeah that that's really cool and uh, it, it really su- it actually really works quite well once you've kind of got to baseline i hope so because otherwise I'm, yeah. I'm writing it for, for nothing well but, if yeah. it goes really well you should pull it on youtube that's true. I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. What I'll do is I'll just build up like a community through this podcast of like really good, good YouTubers. I'm like, do you want to come on at YouTube and play D and D? Because then we can just get loads of views and just not care. Jo- about Josh, anything. Josh loved D and D. We were we we did we did dabble with the idea of trying to get a uh, a D and D thing for him on YouTube, but uh, we'll see what happens. It was in it was in the works. We did a we did a couple of sessions of like warming up, so it might happen. But that'd be cool. Yeah, he uh, that might work for someone like a Josh. You would love that. I saw, I think yeah. Mikey did. Mikey did uh some sort of D and D thing with a space marine once on his oh, YouTube. Really? Yeah, it was in like a session in Varak in it, so it's probably just completely mental. <laughs> yeah, that that would be about right for those two. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. So yeah, in terms of stuff that I do, coming back to your question. Oh no, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that's kind of. A lot, of, a lot of my time recently has been sort of taken up with the with the two year old. But yeah, I dabble in a lot of the sort of nerdy hobby. I used to play a lot of sport as a kid. I grew up in quite like a small village in the Midlands, so there was maybe one bus an hour. There was, it was like mad trying to get out of the village. So we just used to play football constantly. Like if the, if it was light, sometimes if it was dark as well, we'd just be playing football. I'd be playing football yeah. like on top of school, like six or seven hours a day, easy. Uh, no wonder your knee is. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I, I bust my knee playing football. That's exactly when I did it when I was fifteen. Yeah, yeah I yeah, football was a big thing. I can't watch football now. It's, it's like it's almost similar to you. E- even now, after all this time, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't watch football. I just can't do it. I can't go and watch like a local team and stuff like that. Cause I'm like, yeah, I just it's hard. It's play. hard. Yeah. Do, do 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 you do you just support a team though? For my sins, I am a Derby County supporter. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or oh, they've uh, had a tough run of it recently. Yeah, I mean, at least we're still a team. I thought we weren't going to have a team because I thought we were just going to go broke and not be not be bought out. So I'm yeah. I'm just positive that we've got a team. So that's what what handy. really did with you guys. Sorry, this is complete tangent. That's not many people like, but <laughs> what really did with you guys was amazing. It was magic. Yeah, it was absolute yeah. magic. I, I thought you would have got a Premier League job from that. Yeah, he went over to the US instead. But yeah, yeah, it didn't do very well in the US by the sounds of it. Either. I think he got Boston relegated, or if they could be relegated, they were in like the bottom two or three or something like that. And yeah, he, not, I don't think they're doing great. He did incredible things at Derby, and loads of people were sort of a bit angry when he left. And I was like, what, like what he's been through, the fact that he stayed at all is just remarkable. So yeah, loads of respect for him. For, for all of my sins, I am a Derby fan. I don't, I don't follow them a huge amount, but yeah. yeah. I can't really talk. I'm an Arsenal fan, so this season's been a bit of an emotional roller coaster. 
I saw the other day that you've been at the top of the league for like 97% of the season or something stupid. Yeah. It's rough. Well, I look at it like last year, we bottled top four. This year, we've. I don't want to say we bottled winning because if you said to me at the start of the season we'd be finished second, I'd have bitten your hand off. So next year, we're up. I think we can take the one step further again. That's the plan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a hard one because that Man City run at the end of the season has been mental. Like, Arsenal dropped a few points, but Man City have just not. They've just yeah. won that. I think they won like 18 on the bounce or something stupid at this point. Yeah, but their team is absolutely insane. So uh, they yeah. should have been winning the league. Arsenal were way overperforming. And yeah, they're a very young team. wonders this season. Yeah. Although, like the game of the weekend, saying that, he's playing people in the weirdest position. So I was like, you've just <laughs> given up yourself. You had Thomas Party at right back. I could have won a better job at right back. He's <laughs> like, yeah, I've done with it. I've done with this season. I know I'm going to lose the league, so screw it. Let's just... Throw everyone in weird positions to try something yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, this is a tangent that most Fulham people would not enjoy. <laughs> no, it's fine. With, with Maxine, we spoke about cricket for like 20 minutes and it was the, the best time in the world. I love cricket. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, you look excited for the Ashes then? I am, yeah. I'm always excited for the Ashes. It's always nice to have actual cricket on free TV more than anything. Yeah. yeah. yeah I love the Ashes. I'm looking forward to it. I'm a, but I think Jimmy's an, Jimmy Anson's going to retire after the, the this year. I think so. I, I think it's about time, to be honest. I, I mean, he's, he's still really good, but I think it's, it'd be good for him to retire on something of a high and not sort of... Yeah, I just hope we it. win, because I think it's going to be really close. Yeah. Australia have got a really strong team this, this year. They've, they've been doing really well. Yeah, and we've got a new style of cricket, which could either go bang or bang or bust, which is pretty yeah. much it in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's going to be a good summer of sport. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking... I think... Actually, this year with that with the new style of cricket, it's probably excited me more than a lot of other years. I I do enjoy Test cricket anyway. I've I've grown up on Test cricket, and I I do. I'm one of the strange ones that does enjoy it. But I love the new way that England play. Yeah, I'm the same. I've I've grown up always loved Test cricket, but this new way of playing is like really like you're excited to watch. Because yeah. it's like a 2020, but it goes on for five days. Yeah, exactly. It's a five-day 2020 match. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely insane. Like, Johnny yeah. Best, though, was it last summer, was, it was the most, I was, I was I was playing cricket matches where we were watching the game on the sideline <laughs> while playing our game. Yeah. And he was just like, we, we'd go in, we go bat for, I don't know, bowl for 20 overs, come back, and he's got 100 in like no time. <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what's happening here? Just dispatching everyone over the boundary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like as a kid, I used to watch used to watch the Ashes loads, and it was just like, yeah, those slow bills looking like the Trescoff fakes and people like that. Whereas, like, they'd, they'd get the hundred over like a few days, and then they'd maybe swing the bat just to get out and let the, the middle order get in. But yeah, now it's just like, no, nah, let's get out there and play really positive, aggressive cricket. Which I, yeah, I'm enjoying it. And yeah. It's so hard to be able to hit the ball like that straight away because I'll go try to do that on the weekend, and I'll get out for two. Yeah. Two, you've done well to get that far. I'm not yeah, yeah, yeah. by getting to do that. Yeah. <laughs> the two was a top edge, so <laughs> <laughs> keep a keep a fumble there, and you just kept running. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> the, so on the weekend, I I I'm a bowler, so I bowled eight overs, and then he went for twelve runs, but I didn't get any wickets because yeah. they just kept blocking me out. I got a run out first ball of the game. It was, it was mental. Nice. But um, I went to bat, and I needed to. I had plans after the game. So I needed the game to finish quickly. We needed to be a six to win when I came out to bat. So I just actually went for it and I got out. I got bold. <laughs> I was like, I need to go. And then my captain was like, okay, you can go. Because I know you've been like sending everyone. You've got plans. This is running late. But I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm going for this. And I hit a two and then 
Yeah. Yeah, I think that was awful. It was a good ball, though, to be fair, but yeah. Yeah, it's one of those games. Yeah. Okay, that was that was my last question. There will be hopefully no more tangents. I've got. I do have one more question. Saying that actually, there's one question I have to ask. If you could pick one person in the community, and you could only play them in Warhammer for the rest of time, who would it be? Only play them for the rest of time. I feel like I have to say Josh because he'd be really upset if I didn't. <laughs> I'd also be upset if I wasn't in the the argument for his. Wait, wait did you ask this question to him? Yeah, and uh, it's really bad because I can't remember what he said now. Ah, oh. Josh, Josh was a little while ago now. What episode yeah. is Josh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't feel like he would have said me anyway. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Josh. Yeah, I'll probably say Josh. Josh or Adam. It's a good toss up between them two. Probably Josh. Okay. Is a Adam, Adam and I would probably get too competitive with each other, but Josh <laughs> and I could have an absolute more for laugh and it would be crazy. So, yeah. Nice. There you go, Josh. He knows I love him, so. <laughs> yeah, that's that's nice. Yeah. And he might invite you back to a tale of many wipes. Cause... Yeah, he might. Yeah, yeah. We'll see, we'll see yeah. if I'm on the roster. You, you, just, you just bribed him with him being your eternal player. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I should have chosen someone like, I don't know, like, uh, Angelina Jolie or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would only play Henry Cavill for the rest of time. Henry, yeah, if you're yeah. listening, I, I will do that. Yeah, yeah. And he has to do it topless. Yeah, um, so, <laughs> <laughs> my wife would be very pleased about that. That's for sure. She, yeah. She's actually interested in Warhammer for once. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I think I think the whole community would be interested at this point. <laughs> That'll be quite a YouTube channel. Can you imagine the views you get on that? Yeah. Henry Cavill, topless, topless Warhammer. I'm a custody. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Stephen Box. He does that, doesn't he? It's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I, it always makes me laugh when I, when I'm, a, I'm a fan of him, and I particularly, I really like Jake. I get along with him quite well whenever I yeah. see him. But I always laugh when I go to a tour and I see Mr. Box in his, uh, his tank top. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, gun show or what? <laughs> He's modest. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Unlike Jake, who is the most handsome person in the world. Yeah, and generally the nicest person in Warhammer. Yeah, I he's, had a chat with him. Yeah, he was good. I think he was like episode four. He was like one of the first person people that I spoke to. And he was such yeah. a legend. He's not for so anything, fun. Jake. Yeah. <laughs> he really is. Even this podcast for some crazy reason. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just a good laugh. I really enjoyed it. So thank you for having me on. No, no, no that, that's it. That's that's one of my questions. I really, really appreciate you coming on. It's been a really nice chat. And... Uh, it's been a long time coming this episode for, for people listening this is me and yeah. rich have been trying to find this for a long time between life and children and, and yeah well, chronic and, illness problems it came up for an operation in between so and it worked so yeah we've managed to you've completed the set like a pokemon card so you've got the all I've the, completed the, the pokemon yeah yeah now it's voices yeah. in the walk we need to do to next do stuff. oh yeah you know, we do that, that yeah you could do Jamie, uh, Rich Watkin. Rich Watkin's a uh, well. Jamie, Jamie's like a big honcho at LWG, so that would be really interesting because he he runs a lot of their stuff and yeah. it's like integral to the community there. And Rich Watkin is like not only a, a brilliant player, but he's run tournaments. So you've got some really cool, two interesting conversations there. And okay. then you could go back around to all of us again. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm not sure I'd start with Quipster this time. He's, yeah, it's far too big headed. Maybe I'm not <laughs> Well, you see, what well, Ed, Ed's been on quite a journey since, so. Yeah, Ed, oh god, Ed was episode three, all that type, like, what is it, like, ten weeks ago now, something like that? Yeah, Ed was, Ed was episode three, it feels like ages since I spoke to him, it was, yeah, yeah it was good fun. 
Yeah. And he's now been compared to Henry Cavill. So he's he's definitely Yeah, he's Bitcoin definitely made it, podcast. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Well yeah, thank you very much for your for your time and, and for sort of being open and, and chatting. It's been it's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Ben, and I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me on. No, not a problem at all. And I hope everybody else that's listening really enjoyed today's show and sort of learned a lot about Rich and, and me because he's been questioning me, which is a it's a rarity on here. And yeah, if you did enjoy the podcast, can you please subscribe or leave a review sort of wherever you found it? More than welcome to get in touch. As per usual, you get me on Instagram at uh, First Rank Fire Podcast or get me on email at firstrankfirepodcast at gmail.com. Obviously, go and follow Rich on Instagram. He's your Reza Prime over on Instagram, aren't you? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so go and find Rich. He's, his Instagram is really, really good. It's really funny. He's, he's pushed some really nice models on there. Your dragons on there, actually, talking about those, we're, we're looking really good. Yeah, looking thank really you, thank good. you. So, yeah, appreciate it. Go follow Rich. He's a really good, really good listen. And of course, the Decon Go podcast. On every time one of you guys comes on, I'm going to sell it up again. My favorite podcast, definitely favorite Warhammer podcast. It's amazing. Definitely go and listen to it. Yeah. Thank Thanks you. so much, everyone, for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you next time. Bye. Bye bye.